Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello! Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. John. Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. Mine is horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. Action and adventure. Normally we pick movies that we think are underrated, but not this time. No? No. Why not? Because... That's true. <laughs> Not you for your no, birthday, no. but us for yeah. your birthday. Bend it sometimes. <laughs> Some yeah, sometimes we do bend those rules because there are arbitrary rules, much like the points in whose line is it anyways? They're made up, and mm. they don't matter. <laughs> true. Well, this movie. Well, no, we're not to that point yet. This week, on the podcast, it's John's pick for my birthday. Yes. Did we, did we do it right? No, I picked 1998's Fallen. 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 Um, so, this is a... What is the... Let me see. What is this written up as? Let me see here. I don't know. You're this is an mumbling. action, crime, drama, thriller, fantasy, mystery. It's got, Jesus. It's got a lot going on. We all could have picked it. <laughs> it's definitely a thriller, I yeah. think. But it's... And while well, you have horror, thriller. Yeah. You don't do enough thrillers. They're usually really, like, sad. <laughs> like, every time I, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this thriller, and then I watch it, I'm like, wow, this is really slow, and it's going to make everybody feel bad at the end. <laughs> so this movie has a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, here's one we don't always get. Barnes & Noble has a 3.8 out of 5. Oh, oh, really? And I didn't even know Barnes & Noble's rated movies. <laughs> I didn't know why no, they would. Interesting. But this came out in January of 1998. Mm-hmm. And I had to look it up because I needed to know what day this came out versus when did Google come out. That'll come up later. Okay. Google was September of 98, by the way. Mm. Okay. So this movie was out, but they shot this before then. Mm. So. Was that a clue for your favorite tertiary object? No. No, actually, it's not. <laughs> oh, darn. It's not the weird search engine he uses. <laughs> no. Um, let's, I, where, hold on. I had it. Now, I have things in weird places. I have all these different things up, and I thought that'd be a good way to do it, and it's not. Mm. Just write everything out. <laughs> so this is... Uh, Synopsis is homicide detective John Hobbs witnesses the execution of a serial killer, Edgar Reese. Soon after the execution, the killings start again, and they are very similar to Reese's style. Dun, dun, dun. See? That's and, this, a good... and this follows John's uh, pattern of having movies where the main character's name is John. Mm-hmm. I found multiples. Yeah? <laughs> Which yes. ones? Well, there was John Hobbs in Fallen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's John O'Mara in Gangster Squad. Uh-huh. There's Johnny Dangerously. Uh-huh. There's John Ray Wah in Takers. Uh-huh. There's John Milano in, or John, John Milano, John McClane in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh-huh. There was John, no last name, in Money Train. Mm-hmm. There was John Lestat in Queen of the Damned. Mm-hmm. There was John Batman. <laughs> there was like John, John, De- John Deadshot. No. Uh-huh. Wasn't there at least one no, there was five, Sylvester though. Stallone named John? Yeah, he was, that was, was uh, John No, Spartan, that was Marion. Yeah, John Sparman, but that was my pick, actually. Oh. But still. So they can't count that. But it was for my birthday. Because yeah. we, right. we were joking about it. I was like, it's, it's just because there's a lot of John names. It has nothing to do with that. John's a biblical name. Right. It's very popular. Mm-hmm. It's a great name. Um, okay, so this movie here. Let's talk about it. This was directed by Gregory Hoblet. Hoblet? Mm-hmm. Who might be known from... Yeah, I know. I'm having a hard time here. <laughs> he did Primal Fear, Frequency, uh, NYPD Blue. 
Has anybody seen Frequency, Tony? I have. Is, it's not. Is that the one with Nicolas Cage? No. I thought that. It's not the one with Michael Keaton. Where this is the one where. Um, That's white noise. What the hell's his name? Job. Jim Caviezel. Mm-hmm. Talks to his talks to um Dennis Quaid. That's his dad. And oh, I, talk the radio. I think I did watch yeah. it a long it's time ago. Not terrible. It's not great. You won't see it on the podcast. I won't pick it. It is basically white noise. Then yeah, mm-hmm. yes. But he's you know he did Fracture. He did a bunch of TV like stuff. Um, so that's him. Want to do that for the podcast a few times, but it's just too highly rated. This was written by Nicholas Kazan, mm-hmm. who wrote Bicentennial Man. Enough. Mm-hmm. Some movie that like, enough movie is surprisingly good. I like that with um J Lo. Yeah, well, yeah, she'd be a welcome back. Did we do a J Lo movie? Yes, yeah. we did. Uh, Anaconda, Money Train. Oh, that's right. And Money Train. Wow. Two. Oh she, man, that would be her. Carla, thrice. you could do enough. It's a drama. Well, we might, we might get her a jacket. It's a crime thro- crime drama Cro- thriller. Money so, Train. No. Or uh, enough. Enough. I mean, yeah. So Jeez. you can. So either one of you could do it. Okay. But it is a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is starring Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. uh-huh. who has not been on the podcast yet. No, I no, because he him. makes really good movies. <laughs> I know. I was looking through. I was, I was like, is he? And then I was looking. I was like, no, we can't do any of these movies. <laughs> no, he's in one movie. He's in um, the Magnificent Seven. Mm-hmm. I think that qualifies, or it's just on the borderline. I thought you were going to do that for your birthday. Um, no, that's no. I think that qualifies. You can do yeah. it whenever. Yeah. But that's like the only movie of his that I can Sorry. think of that would qualify because when you think about some of his stuff, like that movie's so good, by the way. And like also, oh, I loved it. Really? Yeah, I think it's great. I've seen it like four times. No, I saw it once. I thought it was cool. I didn't to watch it again. Later. When you really think about his it. movies, you're like, oh, they're all great. They're not all great because if you go back quite a bit, great because of um, right. what's his name playing Midnight Robichaud. Um, what is his name? What is his name? Ethan Hawke. <laughs> Ethan Hawke. Oh, yeah, oh, Ethan yeah, Hawke yeah. is Ethan what is makes cool, that movie so good. He's also in Training Day. Yeah. Training Day is not a good movie. I like that movie. Training Day is great. I don't like that movie. But I don't he's think gr- that's... Denzel's good in it. Yeah. He, you know, he's been in all kinds of... Ricochet, Malcolm X, Philadelphia, Crimson Tide, Virtuosity. I can go on for a while oh, man, here. Man, let's watch Crimson Tide. He got game. He got game he did right after this, which is kind of weird. What's that one where he was crazy... You're going to need a little bit more than that. That, that was training day. No. Remember the Titans? No. The He was in Mexico, the kidnapper guy. Oh, he, uh, The bodyguard. That was uh, the Man of Fire. Man oh, of yeah. Fire, That's Thank a you. great movie, too. Yeah, oh, with gotta, Dakota Fanning or gotta, whatever. Yeah, Dakota Fanning. i got to put that on the list. I don't that know movie is a really good movie that I don't really like, but it's really good. You know what movie he was in that I watched recently? It was a John Travolta taking of Phelan 123. Pelham? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pronounced Pelham. Phelan. That, I was like, I forgot how good this movie is. is. <laughs> I've never seen that. John, bad guy John Travolta is awesome. The I movie that that's a remake of is supposed to be one of the greatest classic movies ever he's in unstoppable that was one of the movies i was pondering for your birthday i have not seen it yet though but quentin tarantino says it's one of the best movies he's seen yeah. mm-hmm. let's take his but now you know as you look through his there are lots of feet in it tony no will. but <laughs> but he says uh, chris pine is one of the most underrated actors and he said him and denzel and chris pine is it are i do amazing. love chris pine <laughs> i hate to agree with quentin tarantino on anything but <laughs> This also stars John Goodman, who, looking up, he has awesome. 161 he's acting fantastic. credits. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's not a welcome it's back like, to the podcast. Holy shit. I love shit. him in this kind of role, too, where he's just acting. He's not overacting. It's Have not comedic. It's just... 10 Cloverfield Lane? No. Ooh, I wanted to do that for the podcast, but it's too highly rated. Maybe I should... Watch. But you would know John really Goodman good. from Roseanne. 
And one of my favorite movies with John Goodman has always been King Ralph. I don't know why. It's ridiculous. I just really like that movie. I Tony really, knows got to speak. I really feel like Tony was not expecting uh, King Ralph no, to I come was out not. of your mouth. I don't know why I, I like, like that movie. I was like, does John really like the Big Lebowski that one? King <laughs> Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also in the Big Lebowski. But I've always liked him in King good. Ralph. King Ralph. bubble. When he does good golly, Miss Molly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's just the ultimate fish out of water thing. He's like, hey, you're an American. You're going to go be the king of England and you know nothing about England. Yeah, I'd have to rewatch really that. I haven't it, seen that in the 25th. I it's, wonder if it holds up. But he was also in I The Hangover Part 3. Um, he was in Flight, which also had um, mm-hmm. Denzel Washington that. in that. That was a pretty good movie. Uh, but he's been in 161 things. He's yeah. been in a lot of stuff. He was in The Flintstones. Yeah. He does a lot of voice work. Yeah. Uh, Donald Sutherland, mm-hmm. who I... Also, not a welcome back to the podcast for some reason. Nah, because he's, he's only been in so many movies that he are does, like this century, you know. Let's see how many acting credits. He's got 193 acting credits. Right, but they're all like in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. You know, he was in much. a bunch. Of, he was in like The Mechanic with Jason Statham, and I really like that movie. I'll probably do that at some point. Um, he wasn't back. He was the, he was, weird he was the bad guy. guy. He's like yeah. the monster. He was cool as shit in that. He was also in Hunger Games. Not that long ago. This movie holds up really yeah, good. Like well, it's a great movie. You're the one that burned him, Steven. I like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, let's see. This also has uh, one of Elaine's favorite characters. I mean, actors. James Gandolfini? Nope. Elias Cotus. Oh, I do love Casey Jones. Elias Casey Cotus. Jones, baby. Back so, from Prophecy. Yeah. <sighs> Elaine's watching this, and it's right in the beginning. She's like, I love him. I'm like, don't get attached. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he was not going to be in there long term. We were seeing he's on execution. death row, and he's making a walk. Yeah. I'm like, don't get attached. God, he's so good, though. Also, why shave your head? He had really lo- nice long hair. I don't know. It's like, you're not getting electric chaired. You're getting gas. Keep your hair. But he's been in a bunch of things. He was in Shooter. Yeah. You need to make sure he was healthy. In all kinds of... I don't of, know. And this is getting long. But I do want to say that also James Gandolfini mm-hmm. was in this. Welcome back to the podcast. From the Mexican. Mm-hmm. There's one more welcome back from the There's podcast that I know of. Mm-hmm. He was in Enough Said, Mr. Gandolfini. Was he? I don't remember that. Yes, it was one of his last acting credits before he passed away. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> I don't know. That's right. Okay. All right. Who are the Welcome Back to the Podcast that I don't... Well, the one that I know <laughs> is the Gabriel Cassius, the guy who plays Art, the brother, uh, wrote the movie Takers. Mm. I don't know if that counts because he wasn't in it. But we did Takers on the podcast and the we discussed point, him yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. And didn't Tony, didn't you say that, that Tiff Lady was in uh, Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, Alda Totoro is in Deep Blue Sea, and Robert J. the weird guy oh, yeah. at first is from Waterworld. Oh, did he's he, in the way did back. He mentioned Embeth. Oh, and Embeth, whatever her name is, is from Thirteen Ghosts. I don't mm. know how to say her name. Embeth. Embeth Davids. 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 Yeah, I, I remember. Davids. Davids. Figured out the, out the whole podcast. Thirteen Ghosts, eh? Hmm. Yeah, remember yeah. her? She was the weirdo that helped everybody. Help the bad guy. Oh, yeah. But more uh, Denzel Watch movies. The Bone Collector, Out of Time, Courage Under really? Fire, The Siege, oh, The Pelican Brief, fire. The Hurricane, John Q. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like John Q. <laughs> he's been in a lot of really good movies. Yeah. And he's, he's got a movie coming out yesterday that I, <laughs> <laughs> that I wanted to see on HBO Max. The... Um, with Jared Leto and... Uh, I liked... Uh, what was that? Tiny Things or Little, yeah, thi- little the Things. The Little Things? The, the Executioner or whatever. What was that movie where he's... He's, he's kind of no. No, it's um. I know what you're talking about. It's kind of like a John Wick type of thing, but not quite as. 
you know. Although I like the crazy. Book of Eli. The Equalizer. Oh, yeah. That was good. That was I want to see the second one. I haven't seen it yet. Because the second one, the preview looked really good. Mm. Anyway, I can go on about Denzel Washington movies for a long time. Yeah. But maybe I'll do a Denzel podcast. <laughs> and put it in direct yeah. contrast to Villain's Kevin Costner podcast. Oh, she likes. Mm. Anyway, what do you think going in? Carly. I thought, I like stories about fallen angels in hell, so let's go. <laughs> Elaine? I thought, I wonder if this is one of those movies where I don't remember watching it, but I have seen it, and it will come back to me. Spoiler alert, I had not seen it. <laughs> hmm, Tony? Oh, man, The Inside Man. Dude, I love that movie. Sorry. Looking I couldn't at remember movie. if I had seen this in the theater or if this was one of those, you know, uh, diamond in the rough blockbuster picks. But I remember loving it, so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll check this out again, see if it holds up. Mm. Yeah, this movie only made $25.2 million. What it cost? What was the budget? I don't know. Huh. There's just no way to find out. <laughs> you could look on IMDb. <laughs> $25 million. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not really concerned about it. You really didn't take very good notes this time, did you? No. All right, let's see here. The budget was $46 million. Yeah, wow, so, no. Did not do well. That's a shame. Yeah, which, it's like, okay. It was a Denzel flop. You don't get a lot of Denzel flops. No. I mean, looking at his IMDb, there's quite a few, though. But he has just made so many good movies that you don't really remember them. It's like Tom Hanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So is that everything? Did I get everything I'm supposed to do? Fuck it. Moving so. on. Yeah. All right. Because this is a long movie. We need to get going. All right. Turner Pictures, Atlas Entertainment. We start with a voiceover. I want to tell you about the time I almost died. We open with uh, John, and he's running in the snow, feverishly looking for something. We don't know what it is. And the voiceover continues. I never thought it would happen to me. Not at this age. Being outsmarted. How did this happen? If I go back to the beginning, it'll take too long. Let's go back more recently. And we cut to a prison. Uh, John is there, and he's standing outside, and he's greeted by Lieutenant Stanton. Uh, we hear that this is John's Eighth, he's got eight notches on his belt. He says, "What is this? Six? He says, "No, it's eight. That's he sent lot. eight people to the death chamber. That's a lot of. I don't know. A lot. He's a homicide detective in Chicago, so I'm guessing business is a booming. They don't actually say where this is. They mention it in the notes and stuff that it's Chicago, but it was filmed in Pennsylvania, and, in Philly, and uh, Jersey. So, yeah. But but. Whatever. Yeah. Because I was like, what city is this? I and then when was... he went up the stairs to get to the train, I was like, maybe it's Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> they never say in the movie. Could they be never. But. I, I thought it was Vancouver because why not? I, I remember everything that in too when they were showing some of the scenes. I was like, is this Vancouver? I don't know. It's weird. So they, when they go like upstate or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that like, seems like outside of like the FBI serial killer profiling team, that seems like that's a lot of people to have caught and then was sentenced to death. He's a homicide attack. Chicago, the de- uh, murder rate in Chicago is really high. Yeah, but it's not easy to get death executed. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends if you were a shithead your whole life and then kill but someone. But it's not. It's, off. it's really hard to get. It takes a long time. It takes a really yeah, long time. That's my thing is yeah. it can take years. So how long mm-hmm. has he been doing this that eight but of these people have been executed? They get all these appeals. It's really hard. <laughs> I mean, it's even hard to get like. I mean, we see that on forensic files when we ever watch that. They're like, yeah, this guy killed. 16 little girls and well, like what the fuck and, and then 20 and years like, later he yeah, was executed like he was executed last week and I was like this happened in 1986 <laughs> I'm just gonna have to quote one of our other movies thank you for smoking what makes this country great our endless appeal system yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said wait what is this for 
I watched that again when I was all laid up on the drugs and stuff from, from the knee. No, that wasn't smoking. I was doing Percocets. Those are much better. <laughs> <laughs> Those are so much better. Anyway. So, we go, um, they say, hey, uh, John, they're asking for you. Reese has been asking for you. So, he goes to see Reese and they have a little powwow. Mm -hmm. And Reese looks like he's having a lot of fun for someone who's about to get bumped off. He looks like he's high as a kite. Yep. He's like they gave him that good stuff. He's smoking cigarettes, and I don't think they give you drugs before they kill you. They I'm might. sure they don't. They, give, but they might calm you down. They give you an injection. They give you a one to calm you down. So you don't I thought they also give you an antibiotic. They do. They give you the alcohol swab to make sure you don't get that last second infection. I know. But uh, I would imagine they would give you one they for the gas chamber just so they don't have to so fight you, you down. Yeah. Yeah, also, who uses, what states use the gas chamber as their method of death? <laughs> when they were doing it, I was like, is that a gas chamber? Like, I haven't seen a gas chamber since Flash Gordon. <laughs> yeah, right? But it's, welcome back to the podcast, Death by <laughs> Gas, gas chamber. chamber. Um, That seemed... A really odd and it was extra probably upsetting just, choice. Just for the dramatic effect. At first, I was like, is the electric chair catching on fire? Because it's just a whole smoke. Yeah, right? <laughs> hey, we'll get to that. Don't jump ahead. Okay, we're not there yet. Because we're still at the, the meeting cell. John right, sits right, down right. with them and he's like, hey. We're still at the end. Hey, John, nice to see you. And he goes, hey, it's nice for you to see me. <laughs> <laughs> and they sit down and he's like, and Reese sticks his hand through the bars. And they shake hands and he's holding them. And all of a sudden... Reese starts speaking what appears to be gibberish, which yeah. we later learn is Serene Aramaic. <laughs> but we don't know that yet. No. Um, and he's holding his hand, and John's actually got to, like, wiggle through the old stop holding my hand thing when yeah. he's holding on to the thumb, like, okay. He's like, okay, now. Let go, Creeper. Enjoy the rest of your life. Both seconds of it. Here's the thing. <laughs> you shaking his hand? No. No, I'm not shaking his hand. I would have. Really? Yeah. Fuck what if he dude. just stink-palmed you? I would have washed my hands right after that. I what if I offered you a chocolate pretzel? <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all are gross. <laughs> That's from Mallrats. From Mallrats. Oh, okay. It's a bit, man. <laughs> All right, so. Would you arrested him and are having, and he's getting executed? He definitely stink palmed you. Plus, I, I, he's I'm his not Azel. Maybe. I, I touch enough people, you know, I'm, on my, I'm not doing that ever. So on the way out, Reese says, hey, Hobbs. Why is there a space between lines and Spakowski? Spakowski, words are hard. Mm. I've been breathing all day. I'm tired. All damn day. And he's like, okay. <laughs> John leaves and we get a Dutch phrase. And he says, what are you, German now? He goes, it's Dutch. It means what goes around really goes around. This is something. I have to ask a question because this just occurred to me. Hmm? So he asks, he gives him this riddle. What's between lines and Spakowski? Mm -hmm. But then later he says... Don't look too deep. Why would you give him the riddle? Because he's fucking with him. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's it. But he seems like he wants him to back off and stop looking into things later. He, well, this guy's on the way out. He don't care. Yeah. We don't know that yet. All right. Hit the Rolling Stones. Time is on my side. Yes, and <laughs> so Reese is now dancing his way to the dance yeah, chamber. Sure. <laughs> like he's, looks like he's on his way to go see James Brown. Like he's having a good time. Well, uh, if you're, hey, as a very important man once said, if you got to go, go with a smile. Nice. Well done. Well done. All right. So we get to the gas chamber and um, Reese is all excited about being killed and he sings all the way. And he starts speaking. Now you always say 
that you want to be free. But I come running back. And everybody around him is like, what the fuck's with this guy? Mm-hmm. Which I would be. I would think if I was going to get gas, I'd probably be very nervous. Oh, yeah. Otherwise known as shit scared. But Reese is okay with it. I wonder. Never mind. Then they release the gas. And we have a filter over the, the camera. And you see, well, this is weird. What's that? Hmm. Peculiar. But we'll get back to it. All right. Hmm. Something is always happening, but when it happens, people don't always see it or accept it. That's the Denzel voiceover. Camera view then has that same filter on it, and it ends on the guard who hit the button to hit the to turn on the gas. Yep. I left out that blowjob thing. Don't worry. Thanks. Mm-hmm. All right, so, and we go to the we cut to the bar where we see Jonesy played by John Goodman and Lou. Played by James Gandolfini. Mm-hmm. And James Gandolfini is shithoused. He's got like a whole bunch of beers in front of him. And they ask him, how did it go? And John says, he died. Yeah. <laughs> Success? Yeah. Like, is there mark? another way that was supposed to go? Yeah. There like, isn't, there isn't a, like, a lot of chance that he didn't do these murders. Like, so I'm not really worried about it. <laughs> it's really weird. He held his breath for 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a cool story. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about how Hobbes, you know... Hey, Hobbs. Lou asks him, he's like, I hear you don't take any cream. And you're like, what the fuck is that? And you get the impression, oh, he's not on the take. Yeah. And Hobbs I is, always love when they talk about dirty cops. Yeah, because they make it seem like, you know, all cops are on the take. And, and it's, like, it's out of character for him not to be, because everybody else is. I guess that's, you know, just Hollywood. I mean, but they in, need in to... this fictional city, maybe. In this, yeah. It's, it's like Gotham. It always bothers me when in they Vice make it city out here. like mm, the majority of cops are dirty. But... I think they have to put this in here to show how exceptionally great of a guy he is because mm-hmm. he's a warrior from God. True, <laughs> much like Jay and Silent Bob. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Cardinal Glick. <laughs> they talk about how cops are the chosen people. 99% of the time they're doing what's right. And, and Jonesy's like, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.5. They're doing what needs to be done. They're, they're the righteous people. Even if the cream or not, they're doing more good than the President of the United States. It's like, okay. All right, so we cut to the prison guard who's now in a convertible and looks like his clothes are from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. Let's say, good for him. Maybe he just is a thrifty gentleman. He's a vintage who... dude. I dig it. I dig it the most. He's Maybe he's Macklemore's buddy. Ooh, what, 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 what? And he's whistling. Is on my side. And then all of a sudden, he starts touching people. Mm-hmm. And it goes on for a little while. You see, like, he touches someone, and they're like, wake up. Like, whoa, 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 whoa touch me. Moves on a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And one guy, he gets his sandwich, gets touched, and he walks over to his boss, and he says, so you know what you look like with this sandwich stuck up your ass? A fat, stupid fuck with a sandwich up his ass. That's an insult right yeah, there. That's, yeah, that's his boss. You don't come back from that. No. Friends, don't try that at work tomorrow. Don't go to work and be like, hey, boss, let me ask you a question. Because just like this guy, you're going to get fired. Unless you just won the lottery. If I <laughs> And have already cashed the ticket. If I win the lottery, that's how I'm going to quit. <laughs> I'm going to have a whole bunch of sandwiches. <laughs> like, let me ask you a question. Pass them out. <laughs> <laughs> now, before you eat them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we cut to Hobbs, who gets a phone call from a blocked number. It's the middle of the night, rather. He's in bed. 
He answers it, hello, and they hang up. It's like, all right, weird. The next morning, we, uh, we see Art, his brother, uh, is there, and he's making lunch for his son, Sam. Is, did they, did I miss it? Did they ever explain what's up with Art? Because no. he seems to be not the type of person you would think who would have a son. I thought he was uh, men- a little mentally... Yes. Yes, he is. And yeah. I, it took me a little bit to figure out that that kid, that Sam was his son and not Denzel's son, honestly. Yeah, normally movies kind of... Well, right at this point, you're like, over the head with it a little more. He this does say... Or, subtle. He does say, Dad, to Art. Yeah, I, not, but and he keeps calling Uncle John. I know, but I kind of missed it. it I, I missed that little bit. But they never do explain what Art I'm, has. If maybe he had a was in a car accident or something like that, and ha- or... Some kind of illness that caused seizures or something like. Yeah, I like it. Throwaway line. I I didn't need it, but I was curious because I like these characters. I like that they don't have it because they treat him like anybody else, which yeah. is what you should do. They just treat him like any other dude. The only person who treats him a little bit different is his son, which I gotta say a little understandable. That's fine. I just in the basketball scene, I mean. Hmm. But anyway, um, so they talk about it. it. Says Uncle John, can you make my lunch tomorrow? And that's how you know it's his uncle. I just didn't catch it I because don't know why. he's like he always makes the same thing. He's like, all right, tomorrow I'll make you peanut butter and jelly, which is what his father made. He's like, ah, which is what I would do if my nephew was like, you make me something different? Yeah, I'll make you peanut butter and jelly, no problem. Or jelly and peanut butter. We'll just mix them up. Mayonnaise and pickles. Pizza. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, John tells him, hey, family first. He's talking to his uh, brother because his brother's like, hey, do you you mind not having us around and stuff? He's like, I love you, man. You're my brother. He's like, that's great. Because you get the idea that um, art doesn't work. No. Yeah. So. All right. So we cut to the sandwich guy who's making breakfast, and he has a nice cereal, and everything is in pristine order. Um, and then he's brushing his teeth, and he looks like he's a very thorough teeth brusher until you notice there's a body in the bathtub. And it's like, oh, well, that's awkward. Uh-huh. Tiny circles, Darren. Tiny circles, Darren? Does that... Commercial with uh, DJ Khalid and the team. oh DJ Khaled. Uh-huh. <laughs> Forgot about that commercial. Sorry. Do that work. <laughs> Sorry. Every time I think about brushing my teeth in my head, when I brush my teeth every night, I hear tiny circles, Darren, because <laughs> of that commercial I saw it so many times. Hmm. We get another voiceover. The cop knows. The cop sees. Even casual things. It registers. Often you don't remember it until later on. Then, but then you you look. And you realize, you knew. Sandwich guy is I was watching say, I feel like we got very quiet there. <laughs> like, the listener might not have been able to hear us. <laughs> all right, so the sandwich guy is, all you see him off in the distance, and he's watching John. John walks into his office, and he gets a call. Um, they talk about getting calls from Reese at 2 o'clock in the morning. He's like, hey, it's weird. I got this uh, 2 o'clock in the morning phone call. Reese used to do that shit to me all the time. It's like, oh, okay. So John had gotten a, a tip. Hey, go to this address and see what we got. And he's like, all right, whatever. So he sends people over there. And damn, if you go in the apartment, what is it? Dead guy. Same dead guy that was in the apartment. So this is Sandwich Guy's apartment, or is it Dead Guy's apartment? We don't know. It's Dead Guy's apartment. It's where, it's Dead Guy's apartment, but it's where Sandwich Man had cereal. Now he's Cereal yeah. Man. Because they say, what did the, the the killer slept over and had breakfast before he went home? <laughs> yes, because that's a little weird. And there's an 18 written on the Dead Guy's chest. And the Dead Guy actually has a name, but I didn't write it down at all. So. Deuteronomy. 
Yeah. And we do. It's biblical. Thanks. I thought it was like Muscovitch or something. It was. It's like, <laughs> one of them was Muscovitch. It wasn't Deuteronomy. <laughs> it was a joke. I know. It was I a know. Bible joke, man. Her. Instead of just saying just some dude, it's Deuteronomy. I got it. So as they're looking around, they it's see. It's funnier when you explain it. it all jokes. Always. Are. They see behind the door and we see lines, question mark, question mark, question mark, Spakowski. Oh, shit. You think Reese had an accomplice? Well, you know, how else would this happen? Bukowski, the name of the kid in Fast Times at Ravenloft. That's Bacoli. Bacoli. Okay, thank you. God. (laughs) Isn't it our time, Mr. Hand? (laughs) It's Hand. That's what I said, Mr. Hand. (laughs) I was doing my Spicoli voice, which Mm -hmm. needs some work. Okay. It was spur of the moment Spicoli. I rated a 6.7 out of 10. You got to give me time to get in character. You hear that? My skull. <laughs> Better? That sounds a lot more like... Um, Bill and Ted. Bill and it Ted, yeah. Bill and Ted. It felt more Bill and Ted. Anyway. So uh, Denzel in, is in his office and he asks his, I didn't know what her name was, so I call her Janice because I know her from Janice from The Sopranos. Yeah. Her name is actually she Tiffany. Tiffany. Yeah, she's uh, the Totoro um, AD, sister. AD, AD, Alda. She's Tutor. related to John Totoro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they ask her, are you good at riddles and stuff? And she's like, I don't know. She's like, what is in between lines and Spakowski? Why like, is there huh? a space? Or what's in the space? What's in between the space of lines and Spakowski? And they're like, huh? And Lou's like, he's eating a giant turkey. Yeah. <laughs> he just came like, from the fair or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he doesn't even stop chewing. He's still taking bites. Like, I know Spakowski. He's like, a real asshole. He's like, when I was a rookie, I knew a Spakowski at the so-and-so precinct. He was a real asshole. His own wife shot him, and they wouldn't give him disability pension. It's like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> she shot him in the foot. Yeah, don't... I don't know. How fucked up you gotta be for your wife to shoot you anywhere? <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. His name cleaning. was on the wall, though. She was just cleaning the gun. It went off. Yeah, well, shit happens. <laughs> Maybe he should have cleaned his own damn gun. Mm. Mm. So they fi- figure out, okay, well, there was this plaque, and they hear about how this captain or whatever it was had this idea, we're going to have this award, we'll put officers' names on this plaque. And he goes, I must have passed it a thousand times, never thought anything of it. But yes, Bukowski's on it. So they go to that precinct, and that plaque's no longer there. They have to go into the basement where they store this thing now, and they find it, and we see lines, that blank space, and Spakowski. Like, aha, it's a cop who got an award, but why is his name taken off? We don't know. Hey, anybody know who's between there? And they're like, no, of course not. So, John does a little research on his search engine, which wasn't Google, it wasn't Yahoo, it was 1998 search engine. Lycos, sir. Ask Ask Jeeves. (laughs) But he found out it was Milano, because she's hot, and her name means cookie. Yeah, she also means crazy. Um, Robert Milano, not Alyssa. Mm Mm-hmm. Does some research, we find Robert Milano. Uh, let's see. Uh, so he asks his lieutenant, hey, do you know uh, Robert Milano? And Lieutenant uh, Stan, Stanton is like, don't ask me about him. He's like, yeah, I knew him, but don't. He's like, D- don't, don't look into that at all. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you know, this is the thing. And Reese said, what's between lines is Pekowski. And between lines is Pekowski is Robert Milano. He's like, yeah, but. Kind of need to detect. <laughs> but but you don't want to research that. He's like, don't look into that. He's like, but I'm on this case. 
The so, clues are leading me there. <laughs> so he looks. Uh, he does a little digging and finds out that um, Milano went up to a cabin and died, which means either two things. One of two things. He was either a dirty cop or a woman. Um, he wasn't a woman. No, no, not there him. Was there a was a woman. woman. You know what? <laughs> if he, were, you know what? That was a while ago. Maybe if he decided he really wanted to be a woman, he might have killed himself Maybe. up today. There are well, let's not tug at today. those strings because guess what? That's not an issue because that wasn't the reason. <laughs> it's just the way you said it. <laughs> we don't know what the woman had he to do with He was either a day. dirty cop or a woman. <laughs> All right. So Lieutenant tells him, hey, keep this to yourself. Mom's the word. And so the Lieutenant walks away. But as he's walking by later, John's grabbing the phone. He goes, hey, Lieutenant, if somebody dies because you kept your mouth shut, you're holding the bag on that. Not me. And he's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> And he's like, it's not me keeping the mouth shut or something mm-hmm. like that. All right, so Jonesy um, gets a documentary. But Reese, they were shooting a documentary on Reese. I didn't mention that at all. They talked about it earlier. And but I, they, they think there's a chance that one of the uh, documentary filmmakers could mm-hmm. be the accomplice. Could be the accomplice. Or something. He was there, heard about Lyons Spakowski, it yeah. might be him. Or somebody that watched the documentary. He knows a lot about how he committed his crimes, yeah. and there, he could be a copycat. They watch it, and we get to the language part, and they say, hey, you know, and Jonesy is like, is that Dutch? It's like, I don't know. That doesn't sound like Dutch. And John's like, it's nothing. It's gibberish. And Jonesy's like, well, let's do the detective thing and find out. (laughs) Now, now again, this is all pretty much pre-internet that we know it. So when he's calling John at home, it's on a landline. And Uh they just have caller ID just then, you know, and he couldn't just Google it. No, he had to go to a university and have... Babble fish and, you know... (laughs) He didn't have to just, like, play it for his phone. Yeah. Like, like it's Aramaic. This is what it says. Yeah, they had to go beat some street on this fucking case. <laughs> Think about the amount of time they would have had to spend for oh, that. Just for this little part. Nowadays, you just play it and hold your phone yeah. and do it. Calling universities. <laughs> do you know a lot about language? Who's your language guy, you know? Mm. What's this sound like to you? A whole industry of language linguists. Yeah. I wonder if they're still, uh, you know, sold out for things. I'm sure they are. Yeah. Who do you think helps write that software? The linguists. Mm-hmm. Ben's a linguist. Is that what he does? Mm-hmm. It's a fun... Interesting. What, what languages? Uh, Middle Eastern. Oh, he speaks Farsi. Probably. I, it's a popular one. <laughs> Remember when we went to visit them and they accidentally turned their uh, car's oh, GPS yeah. into French? And he was like... Because <laughs> his wife was a linguist, too. He's like, between the both of us, we speak yeah. like 10 languages. <laughs> but French isn't one of them. <laughs> funny. The one language I couldn't figure it out. Well, if they know if they know other romance languages, they should be able to. Well, I mean, yeah, but when you're going down streets and looking for stuff, it's annoying. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. But French is a, a little bit different. Like, it's not like Latin and Spanish where you can kind of figure it out. Oh man! Anyway, I so. just it was funny because I don't speak French either. Not we oui, we. Oui. I can count to like seven. <laughs> la crayon, la table. I know some French. People think croissant is French. It's not. It's Austrian. I know that. You're welcome. I already right. knew that. So, John goes to see Greta Milano, who's the daughter mm-hmm. of Robert Milano. And he's like, hi, how you doing? I'm a police officer. I want to ask you about your father. And she's like, all right, come on in. He, had he walks and in. left a message. And he's like, hey, you have a lot of angels all over your house. This might be important later in the movie. Nah. She's, she's like, I, she's I, like, I teach theology. 
He's like, oh, well, I guess that'll cover. <laughs> if you can hear that weird wheezing in the background, it's just my old man dog snoring. Come on, buddy. Can you go into another room? He's loud like a bear. Can you go into another room? I know I just woke you up and you look bad now. Why'd you do that? <laughs> because I he's already... I was very sleepy, Daddy. Go over there and sleep. I'm sure the people that listen to our podcast respect a dog's napping time. Oh, well. <laughs> Your dog's napping time is, well, is the sun out? Is the sun down? Is there, <laughs> is there a sun? <laughs> Will no one pet me? It's time for a nap. No one's petting me or I'm not outside pooping. He's an old man. He yes, needs he is. He's an old rest. man. He needs his beauty rest. All right. So anyway, he tells, uh, John tells Greta why he's there. And she asks Reese if, when, before Reese died, did he like to sing? He's like, yeah. He goes, did you touch him? Did you reach out and touch you? He's like, yeah. We shook hands right before he died. And he's like, oh, <laughs> that's not good. All right, well, everything I tell you is going to be off the record. She doesn't really tell him very much either. Nope. nope. <laughs> what the hell's the point of saying that? Nothing. She she doesn't really give him anything important, but I guess what she's getting across is that I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> yes. Please, fuck off. The information she gives him is that his dad, or her dad, was framed, and he killed himself because he thought he would never be able to get... Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't going to gonna beat it. it. They were going to convict him. He went up to the woods and he killed himself. They even took his medal away. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, well, he's leaving, and he's like, "Hey, well, if I have any other questions, can I call you?" And she's like, "I'd really rather you didn't." Yeah. <laughs> nope. It's like, uh, detective, do you believe in do you believe in God? And he has a really good answer. He goes, "You know, I go to church every now and again, but what I see in my line of work, faith is something hard to sustain." He's a homicide detective. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so. Sometimes I think the basic job... We get a voiceover. Sometimes I think the basic job of human beings is just to figure out what the hell is going on. Example. Greta Milano. What was she hiding? What was she scared of? And question her about what? God, what the hell was that about? All the time, whenever we have these voiceovers and it's all dark and foggy, I'm like, this is like film noir. (laughs) It was very... And the music, too, was very noir. It was really cool. You never know. That's the smallest thing. The man passes you on the street. Does he know you? Did you go to school together? Is he a homicidal maniac? Or hates you on sight? Mm-hmm. Or is it nothing at all? Now, as this is voiceover is going on, we see Sandwich Guy. And Sandwich Guy's walking by John. And he looks him right in the eye, but doesn't do anything. That's it. He just looks at him. He gave him a by. fierce gaze. Fierce gaze. Yeah. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, Fierce Gazing. <laughs> Go back and listen to our rundown episode. Sure. Thunder. You picked it. It's a good movie. I was trying to think if there's fierce gazing. In that, he says, he's got the rock, and he's like, okay, well, you know, fierce gaze. I mean, they have oh, no, disrespect. Like, yeah. Fierce yeah. gaze. And he's like, this but guy's that's... here to kill you. And he's like, oh. Nice. Really? How do you pick a movie? I don't remember. Go home and watch the rundown. It's really funny. The rock fights that um, small tribal dude and gets oh, yeah. his ass kicked. Ernie Reyes Jr. Okay, here, Bob. Okay, Kansas City. All right, we need to watch the rundown. Okay. <laughs> Boom, shakalaka. Okay, so where are we now? Sandwich Guy is gone. And, oh, We've done like all of Ernie Reyes Jr.'s movies except for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, like year seven when I'm running out of shit, I'm picking Ninja <laughs> Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. Because reasons. Hey, any of us could do it. It's horror. Have you seen their faces? <laughs> it's definitely fantasy. It's scary. It's drama. There's lots of drama. There's romance. Yeah. No, there's not romance. Michelangelo in April. Are they ever going to work that out? Mm. Well, she was with Casey Jones in the first one. <laughs> That's true. Like, I think we get the first one in on romance because of Casey Jones. 
And then we get to talk about Elias Cody's. That's right. <laughs> Oops. And I just lost my spot. All right, so John's at home, and he sees his brother and nephew are in bed, um, are sleeping, and he sends him to bed. And as he sends him to bed, the phone rings. And he answers the phone, hello, and nothing. So he puts him in bed, and the phone rings again. And Art asks John, hey, John, you ever get scared? And he's like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so Sandwich Guy had passed a guy on the train, and now we're following Train Guy. And Sandwich Guy's at home, and he's on the phone, and he's like, hey, blah, blah. His I, boss's wife. I must have got drunk, because I don't remember the last couple days. Am I working today? And she's like, blah, blah. Don't you remember? You you quit. And blah, blah doesn't want to talk to you anymore. I really wish I had wrote their names down. Mm-hmm. Well, he's the like, dude is Charles. Yeah, him. <laughs> I don't know what his boss or his boss's wife's names are. but blah, blah and boats, boats, boats. Yes. But just then you hear, there's a knock on the door and he's like, oh, wow, this is weird. He's making a grilled cheese sandwich. And mm-hmm. so we answer the door and his train guy, train guy fucking stabs him to death. Yeah. Terrible way to go. He didn't even get to eat his grilled cheese. I wonder if, if train guy ate the grilled cheese. Probably, because yeah. who turns down a good grilled cheese? It's true. It's true. And they had said at some point that, I don't remember, they were talking about a pizza. And it was like somebody's, somebody ate a pizza. And they were like, is the pizza place near this apartment or whatever? We haven't got to that yet. Okay. All right. So we cut back to John who's watching Reese's documentary. As the phone rings, he picks it up. And it's train guy. And the guy doesn't say anything, but it doesn't hang up. So John holds the phone to the documentary so he can hear it. And then hangs up. Uh, the next morning, at the police station, and Jonesy is there and he tells John that, hey, we have a linguist coming and he's going to uh, try to ID the language. Mm-hmm. And then we, that's when they're asking about pizza. They're talking about pizza. And you know, Jonesy has a line here. It says, pizza is life. Without pizza and other fine Italian foods, there would be no happiness. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. You are a... Lover of Italian food. That's right. As we all are. Yeah. Later we learned that Jonesy's are. wife also believes she was put on this planet just to make the world's greatest lasagna. She doesn't claim it's the world's greatest, but I assume that she has to think that if she thinks her hope. one thing to be her, her one purpose, purpose is yeah. <laughs> lasagna. I hate to think she's bad at her one purpose. I don't know about you, but I'd like to try her lasagna. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm sure it's not as good as your lasagna, honey. Ah. Oh. Doesn't make some bomb lasagna. I don't know. I'm not Jonesy's wife. I don't know that my purpose is lasagna. No, but you're Jonesy's wife, and he likes your lasagna. <laughs> All right, so the linguist is there, and he says, Oh, I think it's, uh, thank you. I think, it's- I think it's the other dog swinging his head. Saran <laughs> uh, Sir, uh, Aramaic. And he's like, well, what is he saying? He's like, Oh, I don't fucking know. Yeah. I've never heard it spoken. Why don't you know? Because no one uses that language. Yeah. Outside of some small tribes. In, in Syria. All right, so, and we learned that Reese used to be right-handed. He did all these things right-handed. But before he died, and while he, during this whole investigation, he was a lefty. Things, the plot's thickened. And it's like, really, is that important? Okay, sure. It's just an interesting factoid. Mm-hmm. So, a call comes in. You're, hey, pal, you need another clue? Go to this address. So, hey, we're at another crime scene. And now we see it's Sandwich Guy. Sandwich Guy's dead. And it's also just like the last crime scene. And now 
you know, as they're looking around the apartment. Oh. He grab uh, John grabs a mirror and he picks it up and it says, Hey. Um was question marks, question marks, question marks. The equal sign says, Look in the mirror. It's like he looks in the mirror, okay, I see me. He's mm-hmm. the answer. Mm-hmm. Alright, so this guy has a number two on his chest and he's like, Alright, went from eighteen to two. What is this? No one knows. Cut to John at his desk, and we hear the lieutenant and Jonesy talking about him. Did this? Is this where he said he knew Sandwich Man? Yes. He told Jonesy at some point. Mm-hmm. I saw this. He, he, he tells him right now. He goes, uh, he says, weirdest thing. I was, uh, last night, I saw that guy. He's like, what do you mean? So I'm just like, I looked him. I know that's him, 100%. He so looked me last night, dead in my face. Dead in the face. We knew of the soul when he said, <laughs> No, he didn't do that. He didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. He just looked right at him. He's like, but that's him. And Jones is like, that's weird. <laughs> All right. Uh, so John's looking at the Milano case, and Lou shows up. He goes downstairs, and he's looking in the archives. And for some reason, Lou's just walking around the downstairs. Looks like he just got done working out. I don't think so. He probably just got done eating a turkey leg. Because <laughs> he's, sweat- he's got the meat sweats. <laughs> the meat sweats. <laughs> he's got to walk it off so he doesn't get sick. Probably. But he's like, hey. John, what are you doing? He's like, oh, nothing. I'm just working. He's like, all right, then. Like, you get the idea that Lou's trying to be his friend, mm-hmm. but you also get the idea that Lou's a dirty cop. Yeah. <laughs> so he's... Making sure he's not checking on anything too much. I don't really want to be your friend. <laughs> uh, all right. So we cut to the next day. We're at a basketball game. John is playing with Sam against some other, you know, I get, it looks like father-son it's things. It's a neighborhood kind yeah, of Yeah, like game. a pickup game. Yeah. And Art's on the sideline, and he's coaching, and he's like, good job, good job, yay. <laughs> and so Jonesy shows up, and he's like, all right, I got to go. And he's like, Art, you play. <laughs> and he's like, Art, why don't you jump in? And Sam's like, no, he's a spaz. He's like, hey, don't you talk away about your father. Don't you ever disrespect your father. You better cherish what you got. And he smacks him on the ass and says, get in there. <laughs> All right. Well, he wow. did. You know, I was <laughs> laughing because that was a really loud snore. <laughs> you just went laid back down. These are, did you fall asleep on the way down? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think your dog has necrophilia. <laughs> necrophilia? Narcolepsy. <laughs> Very different. What dead things have you witnessed my dog have relations with? All, the, all my dog's two toys. <laughs> if my dog had necrophilia, we would get rid of him. I don't need that negative energy in my life. Narcolepsy is just as bad. No! <laughs> if you're an airline pilot, maybe. I don't know. Anyway. Poor baby. All right. So now we learn that victim one, I mean, they get the evidence back and he's like, hey, um, victim two's fingerprints were all over victim one's apartment. Like the cereal bowl, the spoon, everything. The syringe. The, the syringe is like, all right, so victim two killed victim one. And they're like, or there's a mastermind behind both killings. And he's bumping off, you know, the guy, his accomplice. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, well, that's weird. It is very weird. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, okay, so we can clear this one case, right? But we only have the one. So instead of having two, now we only have the one. So John heads up to where uh, Milano killed himself. Trespasses on private property. Yeah. Because he does not have permission and nobody knows he's going. Later he tells the daughter he did it and I she not at one point said, that was private property. No, she's like, isn't it beautiful? I was like, not the house. <laughs> <laughs> and my response would be, you broke in my cabin? Yeah. 
How do you know it's her cat? I assume she inherited it. You would assume that. But maybe she didn't. Maybe somebody maybe somebody else owns it. Maybe, maybe that's why she was not concerned because she don't even own that land. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe she, has, she sold it. <laughs> maybe she has a sister and the sister owns it. I don't think she has a sister. These and other things we just may never find out. So John's up at the cabin and we get a voiceover. There are moments which mark your life. Moments you realize nothing will ever be the same. And time is divided into two parts. Before this and after this. Sometimes you can feel a moment like this coming. That's a test. Or I tell myself that. I tell myself that at times like that, strong people keep moving forward anyway, no matter what they're going to find. That's a good one. I like that. They should put that shit on motivational posters. (laughs) All right. So John's looking around the house. And what do you do when you're in this old abandoned house? Let's go to the basement. (laughs) I'm like, no. Not without a shower cap. So he goes, <laughs> like, there's some spiders in there. Yeah, at least. There's a lot of webs. Mm. Yeah. I don't need that in my life. And he looks around and he finds some old books. It looks like they're just like tucked away and hidden. Or it could be that they were just stuck somewhere and they shit has grown over it. Yeah, it's hard to tell. He can't really tell. But he looks around, some old books, and he's sitting there. And then all of a sudden the roof collapses. And this must have puckered up his butthole to the size of a decimal point. Because <laughs> yeah. you think the whole house is collapsing on top of you. Yeah. And now you're in the middle of nowhere with a house on top of you. That's what you get for breaking in. But then he still just stands there right? and looks at the books. I was like, go outside. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have got my shit point, left. <laughs> take this shit, yeah. But no, he goes through the books and he finds a picture. And he's looking at the picture and he's like walking around the room. And he's like, oh, hey, look, that looks just like that. And it's a little thing over, and, um, it's like a piece of wall or something on the side. And he flips it over and it says, look. So then he picks up the uh, um, flashlight and he's looking around. I'm like, yes, because somebody's going to be standing there. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been weird if there was a dude standing there? Hello. Hey, finally. <laughs> We're waiting 30 years. <laughs> anyway. He rubs some turpentine on the wall at the right. spot that the picture tells him to, and he gets a name. And he gets a name. The name is Azazel, which we all know Azazel. Yeah. From X Men. Yeah, Mystique's oh. husband. <laughs> yes. They had a baby together. Nightcrawler, yeah. We all know Azazel. Um, it's weird that he's in this movie, though. Well, it's a crossover. Yeah, Azazel. Marvel, Marvel was buying up a lot of properties. Yeah, this is so this is a Marvel movie. Yes. Definitely. So at some point, <laughs> John Hobbs might run into Tony Stark. It's Maybe. possible. Well, or at least Daredevil. I mean, probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Maybe more likely. Daredevil doesn't leave Hell's Kitchen. So. Uh, I, I do want to say it's more likely he would run into Blade. Less Detroit. I'm just saying this this universe seems like it had a more of a vampire interaction than aliens. Blade three. Ghost Rider. Maybe maybe we have to watch Blade three see if he's in the background. We'll check it. We'll have to check it out. All right. Now, the so, time we get around to watching that movie, we will have forgotten all about this. Yep. And the only person that will remember is Audra, who will send me a text message. You didn't tell me if he was in the background of play. <laughs> so John tracks down Greg, and he's like, hey, I was up at your family's place, beautiful country. And she's like, yeah, you trespassing fucker. She didn't say that. No. And he goes, hey, what's a Zazel? And he's and like. she said, why did you say that name? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Martha. <laughs> And he's like, Azazel, uh, you know, the demon of the wilderness moves by touch. And she tells him, walk away, walk away, and stop trespassing. <laughs> it's too late to walk away. No, it's too late to apologize. 
too late. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna wake up your dog. <laughs> Stop you, it! Go into another room, you sleepy dog. If you don't want the sleepy dog in here, you have to shut the door. Where's your dog? He's right. sleeping over here, being quiet. <laughs> well, then you can't kick my dog out. That's just mean. I'm petting your dog so he stays awake. Okay. All right. So now the. All right. Fine. Go over there. Come here, Mr. Boss. So, friends, I'm sorry about Come this. Here, this is, we're very unprofessional. Come on, boss. Go. Come here, Mr. Go. Boss. Like, but Tony's in the way. I don't understand. Go under the table. There you go, boo-boo. And here comes the and the big dog woke up and went in. The megalodog. It's the megalodog. All right. So now the lieutenant has. Literally pushing his head under my hand. So now the lieutenant comes up to John. Would you two? And he's. And he's like, hey, um, so we got the phone records of the two murder victims. They, there was phone calls to you on both murders. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wow. Wow. I wonder, like, wow. and I don't know anything about 1998 phone records, mm-hmm. but I would say that it would show that the calls were made from the crime scene to his house. Yeah. Yes. Would it show that they were only like three seconds long? Yes. Because like they were an answer and hang up. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it would tell the duration. But it feeds into the theory that they suspect that maybe the copycat is a cop. Yeah, and you're like, well, because John's like, what am I, a suspect? Is the theory that I called myself from my house <laughs> yeah. and then went home and answered it? Well, he also says, I want to change my phone number. And he's like, well, that might make people upstairs nervous. The more or like you that. change it and the yeah. more they still know it, the more it looks it like It looks a like cop. a cop. Because evidently, when Reese was calling him, he changed his number. So they're thinking. As you would. <laughs> Yeah, if a serial caller called me, I'd be like, yeah. Because I was thinking about it. I'd probably change my address. Because <laughs> I was like, well, fuck that, man. I would just uh, leave it off the hook or unplug it. And I was like, no, oh, he can't. He's a cop, detective, and, you know, they didn't, I don't think they had beepers necessarily then. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They? John had a beeper in 98. Yeah. Oh, was this 98? I thought it was 95. 98. I had a beeper. You had a beeper in the 90s. Well, it came 98. out in 98, so it was filmed in 97. Well, we don't know when it was filmed. But nobody has. Wait, it could have been filmed in you know eighty seven. We don't know. Well, no, it definitely wasn't eighty seven. But it was the earlier nineties. Yeah. But anyway, so Jonesy's there and he's like, "Hey, I got a translation of the Aramaic." And he says, "What did he say?" He says, "I get any of you by touch. If I can't get inside you, when I, I'll get inside you, and I'm a spirit. That's in the Bible. Oh no, no, he says this part. I'll fuck you up." I'll fuck you down. I'll fuck you left and right. He goes, that's in the Bible. <laughs> that doesn't work. I have many other, I have other ways. Many other ways. And John's like, wow, that's interesting. The first guy that they went to to translate this or for them, for the movie, wouldn't do, wouldn't translate the swear words. So they had to go to a second guy wow. <laughs> to do the swear words so that they would have it for the film. It's like there's no Aramaic word for fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright so John's having a drink at the bar and we see that Azazel is um, wow I just lost my place here he's having a drink and he's being stalked by Azazel and for the remainder of the movie we're going to call Azazel whoever inhabits the body instead of saying sandwich guy and train guy because mm-hmm. he's going to start jumping around a lot a lot so uh, John is learning all about demons and now Azazel is a cat and is jumping bodies quickly and John heads to the precinct. We see somebody walks in, and now Azazel is a delivery guy. Cab driver or something. Yeah, him. And Cab then rubs on his leg and transfers. Right. So now the delivery guy touches Janice, and Janice touches his secretary, and secretary touches another cop. And then we get all the way to Lou. And Lou walks up to John, and he starts asking, Hey, I saw you the other day. What were you working on? 
he's like, oh, nothing. You know, just, you know, regular stuff. And he goes, oh, you know, I was just, I was just curious. He's like, come here. I want to, I want to say something. He's like, what? He's like, Lou's like, come here. Gets him in, he has fucking Tony Soprano at this point. He's like, come here. <laughs> <laughs> he gets him in real close. Gets him in real close. And he goes, time is on my side. And then he stands up and he like does a spin dance. And as his spins, he touches somebody else. And the other guy starts singing. And then he touches another guy. And another guy starts singing. And this guy is like a street officer. His name is Mike. Mm-hmm. And Mike starts walking away and he's singing. So John is like, what? He's like, Mike, Mike, come he's like, here, Mike. Mike, 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 guess what day it is? No, sorry, that's something else. And he chases Mike all the way down. But by this time, Mike has touched somebody else. And that guy's on his way just in the lobby. And he's like, why were you singing that? Mike's like, I wasn't singing. He goes, you were singing. Why were you singing that? He goes, I wasn't singing. He goes, you were fucking singing. <laughs> and just then we had, we see a, a, a shorter gentleman in like a fur coat. And he looks back and he's like, this is weird. So he runs outside. And he well, chases he down his cop. Mike in the face? No. No? No. no oh, okay. He punches a cop later. But oh, okay. Spoilers. Man. Sorry. Man. So he chases down this couple and he starts speaking Aramaic to them. And he says, I know who you are. And one of them turns around, the woman, and it says, Azazel, says, Wow, that's something. That's something, pal. Uh, there's just some things you shouldn't know. And then he touches somebody else, and he walks by him and says, Beware of my wrath. <laughs> like, that's creepy shit to say to somebody. Mm-hmm. So now John watches as Azazel jumps bodies. Because every time he jumps, the person turns and gives him the fierce gaze. Mm-hmm. So John goes back to his office and asks Lou, hey, Lou, why were you singing that? And he goes, I wasn't singing. He goes, you were singing. He goes, no, so-and-so was singing and Mike was singing, but I wasn't singing. It was uh, some 60s shit. I uh, I, he goes, I hated the 60s. <laughs> so John goes to see Greta again. And now he's freaked out. He's like, what in the ever-loving fuck? Excuse me. She tells him, look, it's kind of like the mafia. We're not supposed to know what it is and you're not supposed to see it. Some fallen angels... Um, were sent to earth and some of them were punished and deprived of form so they can only live inside the bodies of others reese at the time he knew him was azazel and he's like fuck she tells him that there's people on earth and those people are here to fight demons azazel is stalking john until he follows um sorry end of conversation she's like hey there's the chosen ones here to fight the and demons he's like are you chosen am i chosen and she's like i don't know it's like you don't know so then he's leaving, and you see that Azazel was stalking John, but now he sees Greta, and he starts following her. And there's someone behind, and you hear him. He's, he's singing, time is on my side. And she turns around just as he's about to tap her on the shoulder. And he's like, oh, excuse me, I was about to tap you on the shoulder. Hi, my name is Schmuck. I'm a friend of John Hobbs. And she's like, uh. And she doesn't want to touch him because she's, you know, she's hip to this game. And he's got yeah. her pinned up against the wall. And, he's, and that's when the, Azazel realizes he's like, oh, you know. It's like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. And then just then, he's about to touch her. Somebody bumps into him. And she runs. So now Azazel's just touching everybody in front. It's a busy day on the street. So everybody's just touching in front of him. People are grabbing ass. There's a lot of grab ass going on. And she's about to... And so the last guy's like, oh, I'm going to get her. So she jumps and runs into a car and shuts the door and tells the cab driver, drive. And he's like... Where would you like to go? And she's like, just fucking drive. Just then, Azazel punches through the window, and she's like, fuck. 
And the guy starts driving away instead of saying, why are you breaking my windows? Yeah. And his hazel falls out of the car. I got in my car in a panic and then some dude chasing her broke, busted through the window. I would just drive. <laughs> At least 20 feet. Friends, cab drivers, Uber, whatever, Lyft. If someone jumps in and says, go, just go. Don't worry about it later. It could be a Zazel up your ass. You don't need that in your life. Unless he has a, a mask on and a, and a bunch of bags that have the dollar sign on it, then take off. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. Because they're clearly blank bank robbers. Right. Then just jump out. Because you don't want to be their getaway jack. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. then you'll be responsible for everything they did while they committed their felony. Eating and abetting. All right, so we find Greta. She's hiding in a church. And John shows up. And she tells him about what happened, and she's like, I, I didn't do anything. I thought I would have done something. Trained my whole life to be a warrior of God, and then I just ran away. So like, I froze. She's like, and he's like, no, you didn't do anything wrong. You're all right. You're okay. You're one of the good. You're God's people. Don't worry about it. And she's like, I always thought that God would reward me. I'm a good person. You know, send me an angel right now. <sighs> it's funny. I was, I was watching a YouTube thing on the Minty, do you know Minty? Mm-mm. Ten things you know about these different movies. Oh, One okay. of them was yeah. the movie Rad, which introduced the song, Send Me an Angel. <laughs> wow, I'm glad that you could give us that wow. factoid. And this is not at all a long episode. We definitely <laughs> can talk about Minty's comedic art for 20 minutes. Because, you know, he also mentioned Send Me an Angel was also in another movie in Day the late 80s. Teen Wolf 2. It was. Yeah. That movie was terrible. That it was dog trash. And I rewatched the first one, and it's like it's not the, great. The first one's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's a little awkward. It's like she's yeah. a bit of a hoe, huh? Yeah, yeah. There's some weird <laughs> stuff that happens in it that you're like. Well, you that co- movie come out eighty something. It was the mid eighties. Yeah. It was very eighties. And I always notice. Um, once you notice it, you can't notice it. Not notice it. At the end of Teen Wolf, when he goes to hug his dad and Boof, oh, yeah. the dude with his pants down behind them. Yeah. Like for years, like, oh, some dude was flashing his wiener. I'm like, no, that dude doesn't know his fly is down. Yeah. <laughs> but once you, you don't notice it, Dad. You've never seen it, have you? I don't pay attention to All right, we're going to put it on once flies. we're done. You're going to go, fuck. And you'll Missing never, out. every time that movie's on now, wanna... that's the only, you won't see Boof, you'll see Biff. <laughs> I don't want to see Boof's Biff. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought this was a weird name for a girl. I'm like, Boof? Really? Yeah. Like, what is it's that short nickname. for? What is it short for? How do you get the nickname Boof? Yeah. Maybe it's short for Buffant, and maybe her parents tried to put her in a pageant as a small child. Mm, okay. Boof! Because a Buffant <laughs> was a very popular hairstyle in the 60s. Yeah, well, this came out in the 80s. So. Yes, but maybe her mom tried to make her wear a Buffant when she was a little older. So okay. then they started calling her Boof. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe one of the she, other characters' name was Styles. <laughs> well, obviously, because that was his last name, and he was very stylish. But maybe she has a funny sneeze, and when she sneezes, it sounds like a boof. <laughs> These and other questions, we just will never know. Maybe some keep going before she starts another one. of her last name. Maybe her last name is Bufanza. Lufthansa. Bufanza. 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 All right, boof. Well, I didn't boof maybe, do one thing. Maybe it's short for the medication that she takes for her um, dog allergies. Okay, so John meets with the lieutenant again, and he, he asks him, hey, where were you the time these victims were killed? And, like, and he's like, uh, why? Am I a suspect all of a sudden? And he says, well, your fingerprints are all over the crime scene. And his answer should have been, well, I went to the crime scene. <laughs> but... 
It would be he, I don't think he was wearing gloves. Nobody. No. <laughs> the only no, person I remember wearing. He was wearing no. gloves in two of the crime in one of the crime scenes. I know for sure because I, I I always pay attention to that. But I I uh, think in the other one he wasn't. I the only person why. I remember watching wearing in gloves was Man. Lou. Lou was always wearing gloves. But in Sandwich Man's was he wearing gloves? I, I think, think so. he, I thought he was. I thought that's the one where we saw for sure that he was. But anyway, that's not going to be enough to convict him because in court you'd be like, "Why are your fingers all over the crime scene?" Because I was at the crime scene. It depends scene. on whether or not they <laughs> dusted for Prince before or after he was there. If they dusted for Prince before he showed up, that's weird. If they dusted for Prince after he showed up, that's not weird. I gotta think and you don't. They, that seems terrible. I gotta think that you don't dust for Prince until after the investigating detective has a look ski. Oh. Didn't they say that they found his fingerprints on the coin? That, uh, right, on a, a, on coin. a coin, yeah. And on he's like, the coin, I could have spent it at the store, and he could have been behind me in line and got my coin. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And then, he said, and then he tells the lieutenant, this is a damn frame-up. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to frame Just him. Like Just like what happened in Milano. Milano. And then the lieutenant, I don't know what his fucking deal is. Every time he hears the word Milano, he perks up like, oh, don't mention it. He's got to know. I think it's. I think it's because maybe he was a decorated cop, and he then they found out he might be doing bad stuff, or that he killed himself. But still, if someone who works for you is all of a sudden yeah. a homicide suspect, and he says, "Hey, this is like Milano," you'll be like, "We don't talk about Milano." Right. It would be a let's go in the office and talk about it instead yeah. of in front of everybody. Right. A good lieutenant would do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just. Well, n- never mind. Okay. <laughs> maybe he's a bad lieutenant. Did you like the movie that much, Bad Lieutenant? Uh, it was it's all right. It was good. It's you know they right. remade that with Nicolas Cage? Oh, God. It was terrible. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they should have done it. Michael Keaton nailed it. All right. So anyway. Harvey Keitel. That's what I meant. Harvey Keitel. Yeah. I said Michael Keaton. You said Michael Keaton. I was, <laughs> I was like, like hmm. was he in that movie? No. It was Harvey Keitel. Sorry. I, was like, I haven't seen that in a long time. But, but <laughs> anyway, we got another voiceover. The hell with Stanton. The hell with all of them. Nobody likes to get the shit kicked out of them. Nobody likes to get hit from every angle. But evil just keeps coming. I mean, you saw it before, but now it's everywhere. It's in your face. It's laughing at you. You feel it in your fingers. You feel it? Fangus. It's Fangus. Fangus. Uncle Billy. I feel it in your toes. Where were you watching with Uncle Billy, Emma? Yes. Oh, boy. I, I haven't finished it. I can't wait to not watch that movie. I was watching it, waiting, waiting for John to get home. <laughs> no, I was watching it. I was needed to kill time until John came home. So that we can watch the other uh, movie Guys. that we had to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, you'll find out about that next week, listener. And uh, so I watched like the Spoilers. first half. Mm-hmm. I should have watched the second half afterwards. Anyway, so John goes home and he's looking for his address book. And he's like, hey, Art, have you seen my address book? And he's like, no. And you see Art, he looks at John. Then he like looks away and he's trying to cover his face. And he's like, Art, come here. What happened to your face? He goes, I fell down. He goes, you don't get a black eye by falling down. He goes, you don't? No, uh, and he's like, hey, um, what happened? You can tell me. Uh, Sammy hit me. But it, Sammy hit you? But he didn't mm-hmm. mean it. He didn't mean it. Like, Sammy hit you. He's like, where's Sammy? Oh, I think he's, he's outside. John well, realizes. past him on your way in. <laughs> John realizes, uh-oh, he's a Zazel. And we get a flashback to when he was walking by him, and Sammy waves high because he got like a creepy wave. But, and he sees that um, he, he walks right into his, his nephew, and he grabs him, and he goes, Sammy! Sammy? And he's like, Uncle John, what in the actual fuck? <laughs> he goes, okay, go inside. He goes, where's where, Toby? Where's your friends? Where's Toby? <laughs> Toby's, I don't know, outside. Lucky, he goes, lucky Zazel didn't take acting classes in his 20,000 years or whatever. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, um, we go outside and we find Toby, who's the friend, sitting on a on a car, and he's reading his address book. And he's like, oh, hey, Hobbs. And he's like, you what? leave my family alone. And he goes, why? You're not leaving me alone. You're coming after me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then... Um, he goes to chase down Toby, and Toby runs. So now there's Toby's chasing John, and all of a sudden, Toby s- touches another guy. And uh, this guy walks over to his car, and he grabs a gun, and he starts shooting at Hobbs. And he's like, tells Toby, get the fuck out of here, go home, run! And uh, so now John pulls out his gun. And there's a standoff, and, he, and Azazel comes, and he's standing in the street. He's like, come on, Hobbs, come on you out. You missed it when John pulled out a fake finger gun. <laughs> Audra, picture that in your head. John just pulls out a finger gun. Pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Fairy dust. We hear pew, pew. Some shots. And Azazel's like, come on, Hobbs, come on out. And, he, and Azazel's pointing, uh, has a gun, and John points his gun at him. He's like, drop the gun, sir. Uh and he's like, I don't think so, Scooter. And now Azazel goes to point the gun at Hobbs, and Hobbs shoots him dead. Hobbs shoots one time. No, he shoots him more than once, I think. I thought he only shot It was once. like two. It wasn't a lot. But the guy falls down, and we see... It was pew, pew. And we see Azazel's soul pew, pew. coming up, and it lands into a little girl. And she whistles. He said, wake up, Hobbs. I'm not that easy to kill. What are you going to do, arrest me? I would love to hear how that goes. Um, why don't you just... Go well. <laughs> Hobbs is like, why don't you just kill me? He goes, because I'm still having fun. Aren't you having fun? No. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're still at this, is now a, a crime scene, and the lieutenant shows up. And we learn that, you know, hey... This looks like it's going to be a suicide by cop thing. No big deal. We have witnesses. He shot first. Don't worry, Hobbs. You're going to be okay. Just uh, head on back to the precinct, and we'll worry about that. And we'll talk to this later. Yeah. So at, back at the precinct, the lieutenant shows up, and he's like, Hey, so that guy was a school teacher <laughs> who got news. married four months ago. His wife is pregnant, and he just got a raise. Mm-hmm. So we've lost the suicide by cop thing. Also, the gun <laughs> The gun was full of blanks. It's like... I'm pretty sure if you have a, a gun full of blanks and you're shooting it at someone and they shoot you, you're good legally. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah. You don't have to ask somebody, what's loaded in that gun? And you got to dip and dive. It's like, is that blanks or is those real bullets? And you got to move. Duck, dip, dive, dodge. Because dodge, if you can dodge duck, a bullet, dip, you can dodge, dodge a, 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 a wrench. A wrench, yeah. No, a ball. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen that movie in a while. I bet that doesn't hold up so good. The Ocho. Also, this guy Jason Bateman. Uh-huh. Ballsy move, Cotton. All right. So we see that, uh, I didn't mention earlier, but the, the teacher has APO on written on his chest. So now we have 18-2 APO. Um, <laughs> the lieutenant tells John, hey, I need my world to make sense. If you need to go to jail for my world to make sense, that's going to happen. If you need to be able to set free, that's fine for me too. But either way, my world needs to make sense. It's like, you insensitive asshole. So Jonesy's there, and he tells John, look, don't worry about it. It was a clean shoot. You're going to be fine. So they sit down, and they talk about life for a while. And this is where uh, Jonesy tells John, the, you know, his wife was put on earth for just one thing. He's like, well, what's the one thing? He goes, it's different for everybody. My wife's thing is lasagna. 
He goes, well, how do you find out? He goes, well, that's the thing. You don't know what your one thing is. Have you had your one thing yet, Tony? It's kind of like the same thing they say in City Slickers. <laughs> Curly says that. <laughs> you one thing. thing. The only thing means crap. <laughs> uh, well, there's actually two things. Because City Slickers 2, Curly says there's it's actually two things. Whatever the hell this is, and gold. <laughs> and gold. <laughs> that's not Curly in City Slickers 2. That's his brother. That's Spoiler right. It's alert. Duke. Sorry, you're right. God. All right, so, so you know this is an old movie because everybody's smoking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jonesy's smoking. and In the office. In the office. <laughs> so the phone rings, and they're like, whoa, this could be my moment. He goes, this could be. That's a thing. You don't know. So they pick up the phone, and it's Greta. And he's like, I don't think it's my thing. <laughs> and she just wanted to check on him. He's like, yeah, I'll get back with you later. And he hangs up. So then we get a, he leaves, and we get a voiceover. Uh, he's talking to Greta, and you must know what happened. We learned that outside the body, a demon can survive for one breath. And she says, well, one breath can go 500 cubits. And we get to figure out, well, how far is a cubit? It's from your elbow to the tip of your finger. It's like, well, that's not a real accurate way to measure. But I guess we're guesstimating. Mm-hmm. So the next morning, we see Sam is up, and he's watching cartoons. But Art isn't there. Hmm, no peanut butter and jelly things a little weird. Uh, on the mirror, we see the letters C-A-L. And this freaks out John. He's like, oh, shit. So we ask Sam about, hey, you know, uh, anything happened after I put you to bed last night? He's like, no. I remember, you know, someone was tickling my chest. And he's like, huh, what? And he looks and he sees there's a Y on his chest. He goes, Uncle John, why'd you do that? And he's like, where's your father? Mm-hmm. He's asleep. He's like, all right. So he goes into his father's room, Art. And Art's laying over. And he checks for a pulse. No pulse. I was like, no, don't let Art be dead. <laughs> and he That's looks at the body, sad. and we see a PSE is written on Art's chest. And it's sad, and, and John starts crying a little bit, and then he finds the needle. It's that same poison that's been killing all the other people. And just then, the phone rings. Oh, it's Jonesy. Joan, it's Jonesy, and he tells John that, hey... Um, Lou's coming to pick you up. Yep, Lou's coming to get you. You may want to, you know, check. Hi, Will. Is it Will? It is Will. Will. (laughs) You want to put him on and say he can say hi? Oh my God. Hello. Hey, Hey, we're we're recorded. Hey, hey. hey. (laughs) Jesus, Will. Will, we're recording a podcast. We just want you to hear how you always call when we're trying to record. So, Dude, I was just listening to Armageddon this morning. You guys fucking rock. Thanks, Dave. Oh, thank you. Happy birthday, John. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 podcast birthday. For some reason, I thought it was his birthday. All right, fuckers. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> he says, all right, fuckers, bye. Dog. Right. Anyway. So, uh... Jonesy tells John to turn on the TV and we see the girl that Azazel is inhabiting. Does he always call you Batman? Oh, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I never anyway, so the girl is telling the news that he shot first. He shot the teacher first. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, this isn't good. So he goes and he gets close and he's like, hey, Sam, get dressed, get your shit. We gotta go. He's like, where's my dad? Oh, your father's sleeping. We're about to play a prank on someone. That's why we gotta go out the window. And they beat feet out of town. So on the train, John has all of the clues. And he sees that all of the letters added up. 
say, spell out Apocalypse eighteen two, and he sees a nun, and he's like, "Hey, um, does the word Apocalypse mean anything to you?" The word Apocalypse means <laughs> millions. Of, uh, <laughs> I, it cannot just mean revelations. She's to like, "Yeah, Apocalypse means revelations." But a nun would say, yes, there's multiple things that the word apocalypse means to me. Well, we don't have 45 this minutes for her. It's very convenient. It's a movie. Mm-hmm. It's very convenient that she instantly said, yes, revelations in ancient Greek. Or what did she say in Greek? Uh, I want to say it was Hebrew or Greek. One of the two. <laughs> anyway, um, so he's like, revelations, like the book of the Bible. And she says, yeah. So we're at the train yeah. station. <laughs> a police officer sees Hobbs, and Hobbs goes to buy a pack of cigarettes. There must be a bolo on him. Mm-hmm. Be on the lookout. Thank you. <laughs> what does APB stand for? Oh, points pulled. I didn't ask you. Well, she wasn't answering. <laughs> I was thinking. All people will behave. <laughs> <laughs> right. Angels pursuing boys. <laughs> Wow. What? <laughs> what? That's what it's going on. Angels pursuing bad guys. Bad guys, all right. Uh, all right, so we're at the, the police officer's like, hey, Detective Hobbs, can I talk to you for a second? And he's like, no. And he's like, Detective Hobbs, stop stop leaving. And he went to go grab him. This is when he hits him. Ah. Uh. So he punches him, and he's like, Sam, run. I was like, damn. And Tony goes, well, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, he's on the run. <laughs> And he was like, you didn't see that shit coming, did he? I didn't. <laughs> All right, so. Um, so they're underneath like a bridge where a bunch of homeless people. And is your phone? Jesus. Sorry. Carly, you're up. Want to hit that phone real quick? <laughs> no, mine is on silent. Yeah. <laughs> and he tells him, hey, you know, uh, why do you have cigarettes, Uncle John? I thought you quit. He's like, I did quit. Don't worry about it. He goes, you're going to hear some things about me. Um, <laughs> they said I did some bad things. The police are going to say it. He's like, aren't you a cop? He's like, I'm not a cop anymore. He's like, hey, I need it's to personal. Say, it's personal. I need to say, <laughs> you understand? They killed them both. Rika, Vicky. All right. Anyway, I'm gonna find them. I'm gonna fuck them. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck them. It's like, wait, what? Uh, okay. Leave the weapon been two. Drinking. Leave the weapon two, my friends. All right. So we, uh, John, also tells Sam, "Hey, your father died," and he goes, "Did did, did he have any pain?" It's like, no. Is my father gonna go to heaven? He goes, absolutely. If anybody's ever going to heaven, it's your father. Um, so now John takes Sam to Greta's house. And he's like, look, we got nowhere else to go. She's like, all right, well, come on in. Ain't no fuzz behind you, is there? And he's like, no. Now, this I have a question. Mm-hmm. They're looking for him. They've obviously put out an APB <laughs> and some bolos on this gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> he's wanted for murder, maybe, possibly, I guess. But they don't check his phone records. Because she's been calling him. Yeah. yeah. They would find her number. They would go to her house. And this you know. doesn't seem like a safe place. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of alternatives. Yeah. <laughs> and they may not have this done is all that happening yet. pretty quick. Yeah, they may not have gotten to the point where we need to pull his, his um, uh, phone records. All right, so, and he's at Greta's house, and he looks up Revelations 1820, which says, Babylon the Great is fallen. Is fallen and has become a dwelling place of demons and prison for every foul spirit, a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Which is not helpful at all. Like, <laughs> right. So then John and Greta sit down and he goes, all right, let me get this straight now. All right, so if 
Azazel is in spirit form. He can only live for a breath, and he can only go 500 cubits. It's like, right. Damn it, dog. <laughs> Just let him be. And he's like, well, Azazel told me that when he's in his spirit form, no one can resist him. And she's like, well, yeah, because he's dying. He's more powerful when he's dying. He's like, okay. How does that even work? I don't, I don't know. It's, he's just fighting for his life is mm-hmm. what she says. Mm-hmm. So he's stronger. Mm-hmm. So he, he could possess... Uh, I wish they would talk more about the people that he can't possess during touch. What makes there ain't many of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, this movie's two hours long. You feel like they've cut some stuff out yeah. that may have been helpful, but it's not as bad as, you know, whatever. So the next day, John wakes up and he tells his nephew, hey, I got to go... Whatever they say about me, whatever I do, just it's all—it's all because I love you, and I need you to be safe. I'm gonna give you to Greta now. She's your new mom. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna go with her for a little while, maybe a long while. Yeah. Does she know this? <laughs> She's calling Child Protective Services, like, "Hey, I have a kid for you." Yeah. Um, or maybe they're just a one big happy family. And Sam's like, "All right, I'm gonna go back to sleep. When I wake up, everything's gonna be like it used to be." It's I mean, like, hopefully, she just calls the police as soon as it leaves and goes, "Look, this is what happened." Mm-hmm. Otherwise, she's in trouble. Like, I was afraid to say anything because he was in the house. He was in the house. He shot a teacher in the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So John heads upstate, and he, uh, he calls Jonesy, who has Lou and the lieutenant listening. And he tells, and he's like, hey, where are you going? He goes, nowhere. I'm going to go up, and I'm going to sit by the water, and I'm going to look at things. Voice over. You're probably wondering what I am doing. Well, this is where things get a little tricky. It's just me and him now. Hobbs versus Azazel. I thought I had to. I, I thought I had him, but he thought he had me too. So later that night, we see John's in the cabin. It's probably cold as fuck up there. There's mm. no outside. And there's no heat in that cabin. No. He's probably freezing his ass off. You would be. I wouldn't be there. <laughs> You'd find me. Where is he? He's at the Days Inn with the heat turned on. You can't go there. There's people. The Econo Lodge. People there, too. Red Roof Inn? Nope. Damn it. I don't I'm building Red a... Red Roof Inn is in business anymore. Whatever. It wasn't 98, though. I'd build a fire. A fire. A fire. I'd be over there. Fire it up! Fire it up! Sweet <laughs> Lord Jesus, it's fire. So I ran from Somebody my was barbecuing. How was it getting me a cold pop? Anyway. I got bronchitis. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> nobody got time for that. All right. I'm glad we could bring that back to you. It's a 2011 coming yeah. back. <laughs> All right. Later that night. Is that was a long time ago, man. It was 2011. It was Ten years ago. Yeah. It's, it's almost vintage. All right. So later that night, we get the, the filter. So we know Azazel is in the house. And he stands on the porch and he's like, come on out, you motherfucker. This is not what he does. Nobody does say, come on out. Haven't you done enough? You made me kill an innocent man, and you killed my brother. How much fun do you need to have? And it's the lieutenant, and he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, <laughs> but you need to come with me. And he's got his gun, you know. He's out, but it's not pointed at him. Yeah. Like, I would think you'd have it pointed at him, but no. And he's like, you? He's like, you? <laughs> you're, you're, you're a lieutenant. <laughs> Can't be a demon? I mean, he said, I'm just the poor schmo they sent to get you. Jonesy's here too, and he's got his gun pointed at Hobbs. It's like, that makes more sense. Well, now he's got to figure out, because he thought 
that the lieutenant was his Hazel. Right. But now there's two. So now is Jonesy his Hazel or the lieutenant his Hazel? Also, or is neither now there's an extra Hazel? person fucking this shit up because mm-hmm. he went up here so there would be no people right. new and people he doesn't and he's like is there plan. anybody else is yeah. it just you guys we just, got Lou out there it's like it's just the two of us I so, didn't think he thought either of them was his Hazel at first though well, I thought he was still we, waiting for his Hazel well, and you know, showed up and he was like shit so we, we know what Hazel is there we don't know who his Hazel is yeah. and they get so John has a gun in his pocket and he takes the gun and drops it just and Jones he's just like oof Everybody's yeah, the tension is down. <clears throat> and he's like, and he tells the lieutenant, he's like, hey, um, what if we lose John in the woods here? Put his, his car in, in the lake? You know, no harm, no foul? Lieutenant's like, I don't think so, Scooter. Yeah. <laughs> we do need to have this handled. And he's like, all right. Everybody calms down. And just then, Jonesy, Bacow! shoots the lieutenant in the fucking head. Bleesh. You. Jonesy is a Zazel. And he goes, Time. He's like, you? And he goes, run, Hobbs. And Hobbs doesn't run. So he shoots between his legs. And he shoots next to him. And then Hobbs is like, all right, fuck it. I'll run. Jumps through the door. Mm-hmm. And he starts singing. Time's on my side. He goes, you like the Stones, Hobbs? I bet you didn't, you monkey fan pussy. That's a really funny line. I don't know why you guys didn't. I, I don't know. I've never noticed that line before. But I... <laughs> Bet you were a monkey fan? Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. No, nothing. I saw them in concert. You saw the monkeys in concert? You know what? It was, a, it was a reunion tour. It was one of the first concerts I ever saw. I remember I watching their TV show as a child. I, I saw, I, I saw Tiffany in concert. So. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we're alone now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it wasn't in the mall, though. So <laughs> Anyway. Um, so Azazel stopped... Azazel's stalking John, and he's explaining to him, look, there's no way I could lose. If I kill you, you know, I go on about being Azazel. If you kill me, I'm going to enter you, add 20 more bodies to your list, and then you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't lose. This is pretty much the same speech that Denzel Washington gave at the end of the training days. I can't fucking lose. Even mm-hmm. when I'm winning, I'm losing, I'm winning. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing. So just then, Hobbs jumps out of nowhere and tackles Jonesy, and they fall outside. And there's a fight scene. They wrestle, wrestle, and boom! We hear a gunshot, and no one for any point thinks it's anybody but Jones that got shot. <laughs> and Jones is like, oh, oh, good job, Hobbs. You shot me. Why wouldn't you let me kill myself? Because 500 cubits is a long way. Oh, he's catching on. And I thought, I'm going to have him die slowly. Well, I travel more than 500 cubits away. <laughs> That's what we all thought. <laughs> that would have made sense. <laughs> but no. But it's, is it worth the risk? Because you know who he's going to kill first is his nephew. Right. And probably the most horrible possible way they could. So John asks, do you know why Milano came all the way out here? To do what he couldn't. He came here to do what I'm going to do that he couldn't do. And Zazel's like, well, he was a coward. He killed himself. So then he pulls out a cigarette and he starts smoking. A little confusing. And Zazel's like, hey, you quit smoking. He's like, yeah, that's something for Zazel to know about. (laughs) Well, he's in Jonesy's body. Yeah. He goes, you know why? Because cigarettes kill. And Jonesy, like, has a little laugh. And he goes, especially when they're laced with poison. And Zazel's like, the poison you used to kill my brother. 
He's like, fuck you, motherfucker. And now John sings, time. What do you think the Stones got paid for this movie? I don't know. I was Not like, enough. Jesus, they paid for this song and they used it. <laughs> they, they, bought, they bought the rights and they were going to get every single dollar mm-hmm. out of it. And then he shoots Jones in the head. And Azazel jumps out of his out of Jonesy and enters John. But now John is dying of the poison. So John springs to life and he runs. Because when John got there, he threw his keys into the the woods. But now he knows where the keys are and he's running for the keys. And I thought he, sh- he was running for the other car. No, because he, what does he do? He reaches down and he picks up the keys. I didn't see that. I don't know if maybe because I was watching the living room and sometimes the glare. But I thought he was just trying to get to the other car. No, he he goes into the woods where the keys are. He goes right for the keys. And he's fumbling around for the keys. Um, He can get to another human or another person before. And my voiceover. So here we are. I was beaten. Outsmarted. Poisoned. By Detective... John Hobbs. This is where we've realized that the voiceover from Hobbs this whole time has been Azazel. And it looks like he's dead. But then it looked like he got a shot of adrenaline because he gets up and starts running again. Looks like he's running towards the car. And voiceover. Can you imagine what it feels like to be alive for thousands of years and realize you're actually going to die? Because if some self-righteous cop decides he was going to save the fucking world. Yes, a demon can die. And Hobbs figured out how to beat me at my own game. So what? War isn't over. I promise you. Not by a long shot. And we see a little kitty. This this proves to you that cats are evil. It's the second time. I have two or three of them. Exactly. I'm trying to get rid of them. They're going to kill you. They're, they're, They're evil. It's the second time that a demon has been in a cat. No dogs, by the way. And we see a kitty. It says, and then more voiceover. Oh, you forgot something, didn't you? I told you in the beginning I was going to tell you about the time I almost died. See you around. And the closing song is Sympathy for the Devil. <laughs> and I told Carly earlier I have two Rolling Stone songs saved on my phone, and they're these two songs. Cool. And is it because of this movie? I don't know. Might be. But they're my favorite Stone songs. It's, yeah, let's say Sympathy for the Devil is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And uh, paint, uh, paint it black. Mm-hmm. That start me up. Okay, like it's a little repetitive, but I like it. It's, it's, it's a little poppy. This, yeah. those are, these are better songs. Yeah. And that's the movie scene. Or movie. Mm-hmm. Whew. So what did you think? Let's start with the birthday boy so no one can steal your shit. Oh, wow. Because I don't want you to get your stuff stolen because that always happens. Someone gets something stolen. And it's not going to be you, my friend. Hit me. I will. My favorite character, John Hobbs. Nobody can pick him now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Least favorite character is Azazel. Mm-hmm. My favorite line is pretty much all the lyrics to Sympathy for the Devil, because I love that song. Sympathy for the That was at the end. <laughs> I know, but there's not a lot of, like... <laughs> he picked that closing <laughs> credit song. My favorite scene is um, the ending, uh, that whole Hobbs trying to figure a way to beat Azazel, and pretty much does, but he didn't know about so the So close. He didn't know he could go on animals. Mm-hmm. And my favorite tertiary object is the Book of Fallen Angels. That he, that he finds. It's pretty cool. Okay. Um, oh, yay, the movie. There you I've go. liked this movie. Uh, Happy birthday. It um, starts a little slow, but a lot of thrillers do. And it's better if you go in not knowing anything about the movie. At one point, Tony was like, 
you don't know anything about this movie. I said, well, John said it was about fallen angels. And he was like, oh, crap, he ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Fallen. I know. But, but uh, yeah, yeah. And thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Uh, Carly. All right, well, Tony, my favorite character is Hobbs. You can't pick him. I don't care. You gotta pick you someone say. else. I pick him. <laughs> I'm not listening. Well, then I'll pick his brother. Oh, okay. I like his brother. There you go. Good my job. My least favorite... I was very sad when he died. My yeah. least favorite character so. is his boss. I did not pick his name. Donald Sutherland? Lieutenant Staten? Yeah. I, I actually... I thought Azale, Az- Azazel, Azazel was a very interesting character, and I liked the way it was done. Yeah. Just because he's the bad guy doesn't mean he has to be my least favorite character. <laughs> but the boss clearly knew stuff and wasn't talking, but then was jumped right on that bandwagon of, you must have done it. <laughs> Well, kinda, they kind of like lead that. you to think that he's just a politics guy, and he's fighting <laughs> stuff from above, so he doesn't really care about yeah. any of this stuff. My favorite scene was when Azazel comes to the precinct, and then Hobbs realizes it and follows him outside and then talks to the people. Yeah. I liked watching him transfer from one person to another. Uh, my favorite tertiary object was the coin that he has in his hand at the beginning, because I thought that was going to be a thing in the movie. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Director's cut, maybe. That had custom stuff out. And my favorite line was when they were talking about why we're here, and Jonesy says that his wife thinks people are put on Earth for one reason, and that hers is lasagna. But you don't know what yours is, probably until it happens. Mm. So, and I'll give it a yay. Yay! It was interesting. <laughs> I liked right. it. I didn't think Caller was going to like this movie. I like stories about fallen angels. I just think they're interesting. <laughs> well, this is about fallen demons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and none of the stuff they tell you about Azazelness is really on point. Fallen angels are demons. They're not fallen demons. They're just demons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a fucking demon. Okay. Step on a banana peel. All right, but, but I think that all the lore around it is very interesting. Yeah. yeah. And it's just something that you don't get a lot of movies and stories mm-hmm. about. But it, whenever I do, I think they're interesting. Yeah. There was that in Prophecy. Prophecy. I wouldn't mind a remake of this. If no. they did a remake of it, I think it would be kind of neat. It doesn't have to be a remake. It could be a, just another one. Yeah. yeah, Tony was like, I wonder if they ever made a second one. Because it seems like he the movie, lives on. Yeah, it seems like the movie they would make a second one of, but I didn't see They one. can make a second one and they can not reference this at all. Yeah. Just because the, one, the characters may not know anything about it. Just learn it. You may not know it's a, a sequel until you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. You would have to know this movie to know it was a sequel. That would be great. That'd be cool. Elaine, can we make that happen? <laughs> like two other sure. movies. You always do this where you're like, we'll just do this. And it's like, well, shit. Because <laughs> last podcast, she didn't is, we cast somebody in a role? <laughs> she, she is the manager. She yeah. sets mm-hmm. up all our... Yeah. All right. All right. Why don't you give us your thoughts there? Uh, my favorite character is Jonesy. Mm. My least favorite character is Tiffany, just because I really hate that actress. Who's <laughs> Tiffany? The, the Jan- secretary. Oh, uh, she should, whatever tutorial. She, yeah, yeah. She's a tertiary object at best. I I just don't like that actress. I she bothers me. Um, even though she's in one of my all-time favorite movies, exactly. Deep Blue Oh. <laughs> and um, my my favorite scene is the when they go back to the cabin and he has his battle with his Hazel. My favorite line is uh, um, Hobbs is talking to um, Greta, and he says, can I ask you something personal? And she says, everything is personal if if you're a person, which I thought was kind of interesting to take on that. My favorite tertiary object is snow. Snow. (laughs) Because I love snow. It snowed this week. Because you lick your boom boom down? No. It did. I had a snow day. 
Maybe give them more than. I did a puzzle. And um, I will say that this movie is very interesting, and I was happy to watch it, and I'd watch it again. Yeah. Well, good because I bought it because it was four dollars to rent and six dollars to own. <laughs> it was like for two bucks. All right. So my favorite character is Azazel because he was very interesting and he was a lot of fun. You know all those different things. My least favorite character was Lou. He's a dirty cop and kind of a dirtbag. Takes the cream. Yeah, mm-hmm. takes the cream. My favorite scene is Jonesy dancing and singing Time is on my side at the end. Because mm-hmm. he's getting into it. And you figure they just told John Goodman, okay, you're going to sing this. And he was like, well, I'm going to put a little funk on it. Goodman's awesome. Yep. Um, my favorite object is Lou's mustache. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> because this is a Hulk that Hogan thing <laughs> is phenomenal. I'm like, is that thing real? Yeah. <laughs> and my favorite line is pizza is life. Without pizza and other fine Italian foods, there would be no happiness. <laughs> Why are you shaking your head no? I'm not. You're shaking your head? I was just wiggling my head. Mm. And I will give this a yay because mm. I enjoyed this movie. I picked it for your birthday because I like it and thought you should like it too. And there you go. Well, please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast on Twitter at unmovie podcast on Instagram at unmovie podcast dog. So you can email unmovie podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for telling all your friends and all that stuff because we're getting more and more listens all the time. So somebody's talking. Thanks, We don't, we don't have fight club. We don't have fight club rules. Tell everybody. No, tell everybody. Tell two friends and have them tell two friends. And then punch them in the face. Yeah. Or maybe not. No, don't do that. All <laughs> right. Only well, if you're at fight club. Well, next week on the podcast is Tony's birthday pick. Yay! Can I hit the button. Sure. What did you pick? What's the one movie that you can do with no restriction that you decided you needed oh, to do? I figured because he realized he could have just done it in November. When I orig- <laughs> when I originally picked this movie, uh, I didn't realize Metacritic existed. Okay. Otherwise, I could have just done this movie whenever I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Screw it." Just kidding. Uh, let's go back and finish out the It saga. So I'm doing 2019's It Chapter 2. Mm-hmm. It is a mammoth movie. Which has been his plan since he picked It Chapter 1 in October. And then when he was doing his notes, he's like, I could have just done this one in November. <laughs> because of Metacritic. And we could be doing Terminator 2. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you mean someone could be doing Terminator 2? Yeah. I really want to talk about that in the podcast. Do too. Well, you have to wait till Tony's next birthday pick. <laughs> I have a birthday. Unless you pick it. <laughs> Because I'm not going to. It's actually. <laughs> <laughs> you I mean, all remember getting that movie in it's if it's someone's birthday thing. Yeah. Because everybody loves it and mind, it made Tony, all the money. We can all just watch Terminator 2. Yeah. I know, but I wrote, I wrote like a million pages on this damn movie. There's still time. You can do that next time. <laughs> sure. I was going to do Time is on my side, but since you like this song better, I like this song. You want to know what my favorite movie about Fallen Angels is? Yes. No. <laughs> Dogma. Dogma? I almost did that for my I birthday pick last the year. The Metatron. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime it's somebody not a thought, movie. speaking of God, talking to me. Mm-hmm. Or themselves. That's a great movie. You know what? Is that a good for Yes, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Because it's a Kevin Smith movie. I that I wanted to do it. And I Metacritic, it probably but, is. But that was it's before a Kevin Smith Metacritic. Movie. I'm going to bet on Rotten Tomatoes I can get it in. It probably didn't make its money back well, either. Somebody check. Somebody it's a check. Kevin Smith movie. 
But Metacritic has opened a whole lot of doors to us. I remember I wrote a whole list of 62 movies. 62 Metacritic, 67 uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 7.3. Really? I bet I didn't make his money back. Some we'll have to look at that budget. 85 Box office, 44 million. For a Kevin Smith movie? So, I don't know one. what that budget was, but I don't think it was 44 million. Oh, find it. Well, but hurry up. We got to figure it before the song's over. <laughs> How long is the song? It's so, It goes on for 800 years. It's four it? hours and 24 minutes. <laughs> yeah, budget, 10 million. It does not ten million. Qualify. It quadrupled its budget. Mm-hmm. Jesus, how did you make a movie like that? For ten, some people were working for scale. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure all. It of has them Alanis Morissette in it. All of them were. Who's, who's making but money like, in that movie? Tomato Meter 67, audience 85. This movie does not qualify. Yeah. I've, listened, I've listened to enough uh, interviews and podcasts with fucking Kevin Smith because he's in 90 percent of them. And nobody made him. Everybody just did that for his friend, you know. For funsies. Even George Carlin used to talk about it. George Carlin did it because he wanted to be a movie star. He didn't want to be a comedian. He just fell into being a comedian. Huh. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Mm-hmm.